Welcome to the Radical Lifestyle Podcast, brought to you by Generation to Generation, where you will be inspired by the past, equipped for the present, and prepared for the future, as we engage in conversations with people from around the world. Hello everyone, this is Andrew and Daphne from Generation to Generation, and today we want to talk about unity. Uh, This is a massive subject, it's something that has come up in our conversations quite a lot over the last, um, well, few years really but especially in the last year and you know the people may look around the world right now both outside and inside the church and you just see fractions everywhere people falling out over almost anything you know maybe people don't even have something to fall out over and they'll fall out over not having something to fall out over i mean we're just looking for reasons to fall out and um, I mean, there's endless subjects, endless issues or topics that, that we're falling out over. And it would take us forever to unpack all of those. But I think people probably recognize what we're talking about and they see these things happening. And it may seem like a hopeless situation to hope for unity, to look for unity, to even believe unity is <laughs> even possible. Um, but there is hope in this and we want to start with uh, maybe you just reading John 17 uh, because Jesus himself prayed that we would be one and if there's someone's prayer that we can almost guarantee is going to come to pass then it would be that of Jesus himself so uh, can we just start with reading uh, John 17 that that part of it yes my prayer is not for them alone as the disciples I pray for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one father just as you are in me and I am in you may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one I in them you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me there's a pretty big agenda for us being one it's not just to make us feel comfortable but i mean that the world will know that you sent me one and they will know that i have loved them even as you have loved me Mm. that kind of puts it in a huge context doesn't it and in our so in our unity it is a testimony to other people right um you know when we look at at the body right now at believers right now what kind of testimony are we to those outside the church outside of the of the body yeah we're not of course we're not talking about everywhere because there is unity in pockets if you just talk look generally in the body worldwide there's yes there's there's a lot of disunity and i was thinking what you said about the things that we disagree on and even as a communication tool if you're wanting a relationship tool the thing that you're taught to do is to look for the thing you can agree on before you look for something you disagree on Mm. so that um you know if you and i were talking about something and you said something i didn't agree with what I should really be doing is looking for the things that I do agree with you on. Mm. But even in, we, we just tend to jump on the things we disagree and pull them out and, and start almost enjoying disagreeing. Mm. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, before we go too far into this, right. let's just start with um, who is it that he's talking about being in unity? 
Um, so often when we when we have these conversations or even at our conferences, when we talk about the body, we talk about the church, people's natural instincts is to think of adults or think of one generation. Hmm. Um, so let's just let's just talk a bit about who is it that we're talking about being in unity here? Well, we have just even in this short time of speaking, we've mentioned the word church several times, mm-hmm. even in the church, in the church worldwide. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, the word church is multi-generational. There isn't mm-hmm. a children's church, a youth church or a thing. The, the word church biblically is multi-generational. So therefore, unity isn't just adult to adult. It's through the generations. And we all know that there is a massive fracture generationally. I mean, you, you just see it everywhere. You see it outside the church. You see it in the church. Um, and sadly... I think it has almost been something that we have um, got worse at through the centuries. Mm. It, it has increased the generational unity. I mean, just disunity. Think of um, songs, for example. You know, the songs of one generation are not acceptable to the songs of another generation, which, when you think about it, in the church, what are our songs for? To glorify God, to praise Him. I mean, from my perspective, what does it matter if the song is praising Jesus? I personally don't care if it's a song that goes back to, you know, a couple of hundred years or, or if it's a song of today's generation. The Do whole you mean po- to say that the songs that we sing in church aren't about pleasing us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so I'm just using that as an example of where generationally we are fractured. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It's just a very easy example, but... Yeah, I mean, when it comes to generational fractures and disunity, I mean, we could go on for days mm. talking about all the kinds of ways that happens. But we want to set off from the start of this saying that when we're talking about unity in this um, and all the things that we're talking about, mm. this is about everyone, all generations, old to young. Um, so, you know, for people thinking this through, don't just think adults. Yeah, um, because that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about throughout the body, everyone included. Yeah, yeah. So we probably need to keep coming back and reminding each other of that. So, um, so then we can say, well, what does unity look like, and how do we achieve it? Um, I think sometimes God gives unity supernaturally. I know there've been times in my life, but well twice that I can think of very specifically I just somebody just used to get on my nerves as you would put it and um, or I would put it and I would think oh my goodness this person you know I mean I acted out okay but loving them as Jesus loved us and it was a trial was a trial (laughs) and I remember on both those occasions I did the same thing I said to Jesus, look, I just cannot love them. I just can't. And you've got to give me your love or I'm done. And then I forgot all about it on one particular occasion. I clean forgot about throwing that statement towards heaven. And about a couple of weeks later, they were sick. And I went in, I was looking after them and taking them drinks. And I thought, oh, you're just amazing. I really love you. And suddenly I stopped and I remember this was the person two weeks ago I couldn't stand. Mm. And I looked at them and thought, why why couldn't I stand them? 
why did I never see how amazing they are? So yeah. I think we can have supernatural gifts of unity. I don't want to rule that out. Yeah. And I'm thank I'm thankful for them because on both these occasions I was just at the end of myself. So, <laughs> so I don't want to say that it can't be given supernaturally, but I think. What we need to look at today is... A lot is what, of the time it just takes hard work. It takes yeah. hard work, yeah. And it's a good thing you mentioned that because in Romans twelve, eighteen it says this. Um, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Mm-hmm. So we've got a personal responsibility. Yeah. And it says... You know, as far as it depends on you, you can only do what you can do. And right. sometimes you will seek to have unity and on the other part, they won't want it or they won't do something. But you have done what is in your abilities to bring unity in a situation. And I would say if they don't, our heart hasn't to change. We can't then slip back out of this desire for right. peace and loving yeah. them and unity. But that's all in your control. That's you, in your control. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have a statement which you have heard me say many times over my life, and it's that you have got to work harder to be my enemy mm-hmm. than to be my friend. Mm-hmm. And you've seen me live that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm determined that if, if somebody, not that I've got a lot of enemies, but somebody that's not getting on with me, they've got to work really, really hard to maintain that. Yeah. Whereas friendship should be something that is easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes you. I mean, you you'll move past what people do to you very quickly, uh, so quickly that sometimes me and me and my sister will be like, "Really, you don't want to just hold on to that grudge <laughs> for a little bit longer? That, that frustration? You're like, no, I'm done with it. I'm moving on. <laughs> All right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but that's something you know for us to we need to be better at just move on really quick. I don't think any of us particularly hold on to things very long, but um, but you're so fast to move beyond things. It's like, well, okay, that is. That's super quick. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to hold on to it just a little bit. <laughs> nope. I think the longer you hold on to it, the harder it is to let it go. Yeah. I, I remember um, some years ago, there was a killing of children amongst the Amish in America. Mm-hmm. And somebody went in with a gun and they shot all these little girls and killed them. And I don't know that I would be like this, but I remember what impressed me so much was that they went straight away to the family of the man who had killed their their daughters mm. and embraced them and forgave them and brought them into their community. And they said, we have to do it quickly so that no bitterness can, can get mm. into our lives. And so this, um, if at all possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. And actually, that goes beyond the church, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Well, there's, um, you know, the Bible even talks about, you know, if someone's taking you to court, even on the way to the courtroom, try to make peace with this person. Otherwise, if you end up in court, you could end up in prison. So um, it's like every option, every possibility, every turn, try to seek for peace in whatever situations that you're going mm. through. But then, But then I think, too probably we lose sight of two things what happens when we're not at one with somebody it's a reflection on jesus to those around us yeah you know it's not all about us even Mm. i mean it's a lot more comfortable to be at peace with people than it is to live in hatred and bitterness but this is a witness to the world 
about Jesus mm. and what he's doing with his body yeah. uh, and and often we'll hear people say why would I want to be a part of that I mean look they're just as fractured in there as as we are outside of it what so what's the benefit why would I want to be a part of that exactly so so we have a high high calling in this and I think we lose sight of two things we lose sight that we're meant to be giving glory to God and they're meant to see us one just as the father and Jesus are one I mm. mean that is incredible that is our goal that's our aim that's what he was praying for mm. so I think we need to take our eyes off ourselves and other people and get our eyes back on him yeah. I think the other person that we forget about is Satan mm. and he's the one who's causing this disunity having fun with it if he does have fun with it I don't know but anyway he's the one that's causing it and we have a common enemy yeah why are we attacking ourselves attacking each other constantly and not being on the attack with him have him as the focus instead of ourselves and and the other people that are part of all of the the body of Christ Um, it seems that we are very fast to attack each other a very slow to really go on the offensive with him yeah and and there was was a saying I think that says something like um, for two people to be friends they need a common enemy and and we've been in situations, there have been situations where suddenly something happens and everybody's on the same team. I mean, even in COVID, you know, if we go out, it's like people smile at each other because they know we're being careful, they know what's going on, and we have this common understanding of what we're fighting, this common enemy. Mm. But we lose sight of our common enemy and, and we look mm. at each other. So I think if we could really, really grasp one we're meant to be revealing Jesus to the world. And secondly, we're not meant to be revealing Satan to the world. Mm. So it's it's pretty serious. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, in um, Romans 15, 5, it says, God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify God. And I had to smile at the beginning of this. God who gives endurance and encouragement. And then he goes on, give you the same mind towards each other. So he knew we needed endurance and encouragement for this thing called unity. Yeah, it's not easy to be unified with people. Yeah. Yeah. So he says it's going to take endurance and we're going to need encouragement. Mm. And I thought that is, I mean, that is encouraging that he's saying, look, I know it's not going to be easy, but I'm going to give you the endurance and I'm going to be your encourager Mm. to walk this out. That we have the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. Mm. So who are we to think that we can relate to another person better than he can. Mm. So just read that last part again. The whole, uh, that last part of what you just read. Um, that we would have... Uh, give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. Yeah. So what does that even look like? What does it look like to have the same heart and mind that Christ Jesus had towards us? Well... First of all, we're constantly disagreeing with him. I mean, every time we sin and, and, and during our lives, I mean, we're disagreeing with him in ways we don't know it as well as ways we do know it often, hopefully not too much. 
but he doesn't change his unconditional love for us and he's not constantly jumping on us. He still affirms us, he still loves us, he still accepts us, he still recognises the good in us and he still encourages us. Mm. No matter what we do, he still wants us, he still wants to be a part of us, he still wants to encourage, he still wants to forgive us, he still wants to move past things, he wants unity, he wants us to be one with him, to be in a relationship with him. He doesn't just do what we do which might be like well forget you <laughs> i'm out of here i will go find someone else to hang out with you know he still wants to have that with us i mean he said love one another as i have loved you mm. and and i'm going to cross the line a bit here maybe going down to one aspect there's so much at the minute of um <clears throat> racial disunity and I mean, just on every level. And I see churches wanting to tackle this. I see Christians wanting to tackle it. And I'm quite a simple person, really. And I think it's it's all very simple. Love one another mm. as I have loved you. Yeah. Uh, and it's really that simple. Yeah. Uh, I mean... And really, when we're talking about this race issue or why we have these race issues, at the end of the day, it's called sin. When you boil it all back, you peel all of this back, at the end of the day, it's just sin. And so we need to deal with a sin issue mm. um, to deal with the race issue mm. or whatever issue there might be that we're dealing with, which is bringing disunity, because that subject as well is bringing disunity in the church. We need to deal with the sin issue at the root of all of it, and we should be seeking unity. Yeah, that reminds me, I've had a couple of occasions where something that was pretty horrific was happening um, in somebody's attitude to me and taking other people away, etc., etc. And people would say, when are you going to sit down sorted out? When are you going to see them? And I said to them over and over, I'm not going to. My goal is to restore relationship not worry about the issues let's restore relationship let's be able to go out to coffee with one another let's be comfortable with another let, let, let's start to love each other again and then when you've got that relationship or got a lot of it back then you can talk about the issues that divide and I think we try to do it the other way around we, yeah. we think if we sort out the issues we'll be one yeah but we don't have the relationship, we don't have the baseline, we don't have the foundations to have that conversation. Mm. Um, and so I think that's another principle I've tried to live, which is why I'll go out quickly for coffee with somebody, to hold on to relationship and don't let the issue become the issue that the relationship's formed around. Because mm. I should think in any relationship you're going to bump into things that you don't agree on and if you're going to polarize around that you need to polarize around loving one another and, and enjoying one another yeah very often the people we fall out with we don't actually know them anyway which is why it's important again to be able to reach out and go out have a coffee spend time with each other right get to know each other so that you can then work through these issues very often people fall out with people they have no idea who they are they don't, probably don't even know their second name you know they just go well they said this and therefore this must be what they're like and they fall out with each other so well and we have friends who have been attacked by people and 
um, our friends have gone out of their way to to seek to have a connection with those people so the very people that attack them they'll go let's go and have a coffee let's have a meal together let's get to know each other and then let's have a conversation about these things because if we don't know the people how can we then prescribe to them what we think of them like you know we have a preconceived idea of what this person's like but actually unless we get to know them we've got no idea if what's in our head is is reality yeah and i mean i don't want to go all down this route but you've only got to look at social media to see how disunified the church is and we treat yeah. people on social media as if they're not people i have been very hurt sometimes by what i've seen on social media i mean thankfully not to me i don't think of anybody really attacked me there but but what we write on social media reflects our heart mm. and whether we're going to um, reach out to them as people. I know there have been a couple of times some I've seen something there from people who I know and have relationship with. I haven't responded. I've just sent a message. Hey, do you want to chat about this? So, mm. you know, there are situations that reveal our heart. Mm. Just the other day we were talking to um, someone, one of my cousins, and he showed me a post on social media. Um, and they, they, I can't remember exactly what the post was, but it was talking a bit about this disunity within the body. And it was talking about the Christians on the right and the Christians on the left. And on the bottom of the post, it was a graphic, so it wasn't something they could just go and edit. On the bottom it said, if you want to know what I'm talking about, read the comments, right? So they did the post and predicted what the comment section would look like and as you went down all the comments were just attacking the other side and it's like you just proved the point of the, of the graphic they posted and it's sad that even the disunity is now is just predictable i mean even on the social media what would jesus do with that social media i mean i think a lot of it he would just stay off unless he knew it was going to win someone unless it was going to draw someone to himself. And all of this is to draw people to himself. And so I think as we relate to people, as we reach out to people, as we see what people are saying, whether we agree or whether or not, we're saying, will my response towards Julie bring us closer together and lead people to himself? Mm. And if it won't, then we just need to backtrack and, and sort ourselves out as much as it depends on us. And so, you know, if I look at Romans 15 again, and it said about give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. So that big check, what would Jesus do? I mean, so that with one mind, one voice, you may glorify God. And I thought in this, it doesn't say so that one mind and one voice, you're going to agree on every single issue that comes. Right. Because none of us have got it all right. Yeah. But we're meant to be one with one mind and one voice to what? Glorify God. Mm -hmm. that, that is our goal in unity, is to glorify Him. Yeah. And yet it, when unity doesn't exist, it's often about me, 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 my thoughts, my opinions, what I think. It's not like, how am I going to glorify God in this? Mm. Yeah. And this passage actually points it everywhere else. So it's not about you. It's one about glorifying him mm. and about being a testimony to other people. Yes. So actually the very last person that we should really be thinking about when it comes to this side of stuff is, is ourselves. Exactly. We should be thinking about him and then, okay, if we as a body are acting like this, how does that reflect on Christ to other people?
Yeah, and the world is watching. I mean, the world is watching. And, um, I mean, it's just tragic what so often they're seeing. Now, I want to say again, that doesn't mean there aren't parts of the body that are one and being drawn closer to each other. I mean, God's doing amazing things. He's doing amazing things between Jew and Gentile because we're meant to be one. He's doing amazing things between Arab and Jew and Palestinians and Jews. I mean, God is moving and unity is coming across divisions and lines that we never would have dreamed. So I don't want to again go to, that it's all not happening, <laughs> but it's not happening fast enough, in my opinion. Broad enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember stories Richard Wernbrandt used to tell and, um, you know, how he loved his torturers. He loved those who were torturing him. He wanted to win them for Jesus. Even offered to defend his torturers in, in court. Yes, because he said... It's not their fault. It's the church's responsibility that they didn't step up and reach them. Um, and, and we had examples of that in, in an unreached nation that we were in where they came and they were taking people away to prison, one of the worst prisons in the land. And then they had to let them go because they were just loving on the jailers and that and winning them to Jesus. So they thought they were better out than, better, than in prison. Yeah, And so I think... <laughs> Particularly in the West, we have such a low expectation of ourselves. And if we're hurt, well, that sets us on a path. Instead of saying, hang on, I'm hurt. How's this going to make me more like Jesus? And how in this situation am I going to reveal him to a lost and hurting world? Mm. So yeah. it's um, it's a big topic. Yeah, and we're only scratching the surface. This is just a short conversation. Um, yeah. but recommend people really wrestle with this issue look up some of these passages mm. um, and really think through how am I as a part of the body um, how are, are my community that I'm engaged with how are we reflecting What what's the reflection we're giving the rest of the world people that are not believers are we giving glory to him or not should we be ashamed of ourselves of the reflection that we're giving off. I think there's a lot of soul searching yeah, that needs can, to be done when it comes to this side of stuff. So can I um, take it back to the generational thing to yeah. finish with, as we do? If we are not, if we are pointing fingers at, if we are not going after the generation coming after us, not only is the world watching, not only does it not glorify God, not only just as when we're not with one with one another on a peer level, it, it is disobedience to God. We have a fatherless generation who are looking for fathers, who are needing for fathers, who are needing a generation to rise up on their behalf. And I often people are pointing fingers at the next generation. I'll say, well, just stop a minute. Which generation are they coming after? Which generation is raising them? Which generation is coming for them and cheering for them? And so, on every level, mostly because it's not glorifying to God, then because it's it's a poor witness to the world, but people are being hurt by our disunity. Mm. People are being hurt. Uh, and there are young people today who are being hurt and abandoned. And who, if we don't step up and reach out and say, I'm for you, 
I will be Jesus to you. I will love you as Jesus loved me. They're going to suffer a lifetime and the world will suffer a lifetime because they are the generation that's going to be um, in leadership in the years to come. Mm. So I think, I hope that our conversation is going to turn us back to Jesus, as it should, that we will love one another as he has loved us. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't say, I'm going to love you as you love me. <laughs> he says, you love one another as I have loved you. Just supposing he said, hey, I'm going to love you as you love one another. We would be in big trouble. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll love you as you have loved one another. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'd, yeah. Be, we'd be going, no, 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 no. Yeah, can we can we change that? Yeah. Can we change that? But yeah. we don't have to change it. But he, we have to love one another as he loved us. So I think... Um, you know, we've got to watch our mouths. Uh, um, a pastor friend of ours said yesterday, um, he said, what about if everybody had 24 hours where everything that came out their mouth was affirming someone else, loving someone else, and that doesn't include saying nothing. What did we do we had 24 hours like that? Would we be able to do that? And mm. what would the result be? So mm. I hope this, this um, conversation has made me think um, that we recognise this is all about giving glory to God, winning a lost and hurting world, and fighting a common enemy, not yeah. each other. Yeah, let's try to remember, keep the, you know, who is the main thing we're fighting against here? Mm. Um, we can come up with all these subjects and all these issues that we can fall out over. Mm. At the root of it all is a person, is is a uh, not the person you would... I guess automatically think to attack because we automatically attack each other mm. but there's someone below it all satan who's here to deceive to kill to destroy and he's doing a fairly good job it seems in certain areas so let's turn our focus on him attack him go after him attack the root of all these issues that we're dealing with which is sin how can we then be unified doesn't mean thinking the same way no nope. But we can be unified even if we think different things and ultimately have that be that reflection that glorifies God, reflects him to a lost, a hurting world and is an attraction to them um, that they might say, look, over there, they all think differently, but still love each other, are unified, they support and encourage each other, even in the areas that they aren't unified in. They are ultimately unified with each other of course the thinking differently we are all striving to be bible-based people who read the word love yeah. the word i'm not we're not talking about yeah agreeing on a lot of other issues yeah um but even when people agree with issue uh, think on things that are not bible-based we can let them know we don't agree with that but that doesn't stop us loving them right I'm reaching out to them, but in the church we are unified as we seek the word of God together. Yeah. And we don't all all understand it. We it needs all of us. None of us has got the whole truth. Mm. Um so yeah. 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 Thank you everyone for listening. Um we will be back. Um and uh 
yeah let's let's be mindful of the things that we brought up today again we've just skimmed the surface there's you can go way deeper into all these passages and and the subject of unity maybe we'll talk more about it another time but really encourage you to go away think about these things uh, and how does that impact you personally and what are some things that you can do to um, to help fight against the disunity which seems to be invading every area of life right now but how can we start to push unity and encouragement and um, be more of a, of a reflection of Christ to those around us thank you for listening thank you for listening to this episode if it inspired you please rate us and subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts Spotify or another podcast platform